2: Live from the corner of Broadway and Battery, you're listening to Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto on 95.7 The
0: Game. Ray, everything these days is so digitized that there probably aren't a lot of people tuning into us using an actual radio with a knob on it with like a, a a needle that's trying to find the dial position and you get the static and tuning in looking for the frequency I mean I used to hunt radio signals when I was a kid trying to listen to shows at night and during the day and during the paper you're always making that little dial tuning 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 anyways I start with that to talk about this the Warriors are starting to tune in their frequency. They're starting to look like themselves. They're starting to sound like themselves. And there probably is no more indicator of the Warriors are going right than having a big and loud third quarter against their opponent. And they've done that like three, four games in a row here. Dare I say, things are getting better and they're tuning in
3: their frequency a little bit better than they were before. Yeah, that in 91, I mean, that's the that's the takeaway. I mean, yeah, it's nice to have big third quarters because it is reminiscent of when they were essentially unstoppable. But 91 is the fewest number of points they've allowed all year. They locked down the two best players on the other team to the point where between them they had 32. Uh, it was a comprehensive beating based on the fact that they didn't let a team with the same record as them do anything they wanted. And that's that to me is the, the jump off. It's the fact that finally they have put together a series of really exceptional defensive performances, which means it's finally dawning on them that this is the way to get themselves out of the morass they've dug themselves.
0: Not only did the Warriors never allow the Clippers to score 30 in any quarter that was played last night, they held the clippers to 35 second half points that's that's big boy defense that's real basketball that is a commitment to a game plan which has been tailor made to fit that night's opponent now a couple of games in a row they throw that box and one out against portland and it really cuffed up dame lillard last night they were as you know anthony slater pointed out in a very comprehensive look at how they defended Uh, Last night, there was a lot of top locking, which means you're not allowing guys to pop back out to the top of the perimeter. And what allows you to do that is you are sagging off, obviously, Russell Westbrook in one of the more devastating on-court decisions I've ever seen executed. Ray, that was an embarrassing evening for Russell Westbrook. And you could almost hear um, the Warriors asking him, please shoot the ball. I mean, it's one of the most formal invitations to please shoot the ball I've ever seen offered in a professional basketball game. And he couldn't do it. I mean, Russell Westbrook was literally turning down open gym practice jumpers. As undefended as you can be on a basketball court was Russell Westbrook. And he still wouldn't shoot it. And when he did, he bricked it. He went 0 for 5. Now, he is not the only Clipper who shot the Clippers out of that game last night. Paul George did not play well. Eric Gordon did not play well. But man, they invited, they cordially invited Russell Westbrook to maybe the most embarrassing
3: game and defensive game plan he's ever looked at in his NBA career. No, I mean, I actually, I give him credit for acknowledging that he was shooting poorly, so he chose not to do it. Right, the problem stopped. was, nobody was there to bail him out. Other than Kawhi Leonard and the very minimal presence of Mason Plumlee, none of the Clippers made more than than, than half their shots. I mean, they shot 36% for the game, uh, 21% from three. Uh, The Warriors locked down almost everybody they could, and the ones that they didn't, they didn't worry about. George was one of
0: eight from three. Gordon was two of ten from three. Russell Westbrook was over five for three, but again he had uh, uh, the most wide open looks that can be offered on a professional basketball court. I mean it was it was staggering to see the I mean, the clear choice let him shoot. I mean and it was it was embarrassing. it had to have been embarrassing. Russell Westbrook better not be walking around with a chest out anywhere. Um, LeBron has really cooked two teams in LA <laughs> with adding Russell Westbrook. I mean yeah. I, the, the way that the Clippers now have him after sharing the same address with all the problems that he had in L.A. It's it's something else how, how how poorly it's ending for him. But that game last night was a very good back and forth first quarter. It screamed like, "Hey, we got NBA action!" Both these teams came to play tonight. In the second quarter, the Warriors shoot six of twenty-four from the floor, oh of ten from three-point land, where they're basically they're starting Los Angeles Clipper fast breaks with missed threes. And it was Clank City. It was terrible. Third quarter, all of a sudden, it was straight up good old days of peak 2017 Golden State Warrior excellence. And in the fourth quarter, they held the Clippers to 19 points as well. It was a 38 to 8 run in that third quarter that really, really settled the entire game. And it was Clay had
3: 11 rebounds last night, Ray. Eleven rebounds for Clay Thompson. That, that never happens. Well, well, no, but then again, with so many bricks to pick up, he could build a little house. I mean, the Clippers missed that many shots, so that yeah. everybody had to get something out of it. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo had eleven. Um, you know, Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, they they had sixty rebounds. Right. I think it's first, Clay's first triple or
0: his first double double since two thousand eighteen or something. Like that? I heard something about that. Twenty seventeen.
3: Twenty seventeen. Yeah. 2017. 2017. yeah. I mean that's that's that's, that's well, a while ago. I mean he's not he's not a prolific passer. No, and he's not a guy who gets a lot of rebounds. So but you figure it, you'd walk into ten assists just by accident with the shooters on this team. Yeah, since but twenty seventeen. He, he's one of the shooters. He on is this one. Team. He is one of the shooters on the team. No, I mean the 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 amazing thing is like you think about the Warriors and how small they play almost every night. To have sixty rebounds, that's that's a, a jaw dropping number by any standard it really was. It was a
0: it was it was a very good game for the Golden State Warriors. They had to have all gone to bed last night feeling like not only did we play well in individual spaces, but collectively we put the clamps down on a team that you know supposedly did more at the trade deadline to get better than we did and look at us, we are the better team still. And that was I don't know if it was a message But it felt like the Warriors got a little bit of their DNA back in them last night, and and they liked the way that that felt. They seem to be really responding to the last couple of weeks of basketball, and there is a better feeling around this team right now than maybe at any other point in time in the season. And the word is, tonight's game is the last without Steph Curry in a while the new orleans pelicans this is a huge don't let down do not let go of the rope on the second half of a back-to-back y'all slept in your own beds and steph curry returns sunday apparently to take on the lakers in los angeles so a huge part of the schedule is coming
3: up tough part of the schedule and they're getting better yeah they are indeed they're it's not so much that they're scoring like crazy, but they are defending like crazy. Well, you don't have to score like crazy when you defend like crazy. No, but what I'm saying is, they're averaging over these last four games, they're allowing 100. The average for a game is 111. That's it's a small sample size, I grant you, but that's elite defense, and they haven't sniffed elite defense this year. Haven't come close to it. I mean, that's 18 points a game less than than they were averaging before this started. I mean, that's a full quarter of basketball. They're basically taking away from the other team. It's uh it's an extraordinary
0: effort that we had not seen to the last handful of games. The Jordan Poole E40 assist play, maybe the play of the year, right? I mean, that thing was... Incredible. We will hear that. We will hear from an awful lot of sound from last night, including a level of Draymond Green where I almost thought I heard a little empathy for Russell Westbrook as he explained the defensive choices that they made last night. And again, good choices for the Warriors tonight should have them into the win column. And wrapping up a 5-0 homestand sounds like a, a really nice way to wrap up a homestand before you hit the road and before you start hitting a very toothy portion of the schedule. Antonio Daniels does color for the New Orleans Pelicans. He's going to join us today at 4.15. Tim Kuen is going to stop on by to talk about a profile that he has on Dylan Brooks wanting to be you know, one of the NBA's bad guys. He's certainly gone very vocal with his dislike for the Golden State Warriors so there's something to get into with Tim Kewen a little bit later on today Ray uh some news from the LA Times some breaking news Ray baseball's not dying congratulations okay. how about that how did they determine this so it's really hard to claim you're dying when you've just posted the highest revenue in the history of your sport right? oh yeah
3: oh that's an old story yes I mean but it's good that the Times picked it up but yeah um a sports Business Journal had that like a couple of weeks ago. There was a new poll
0: that is talked to, you know, over a thousand people asking them what their favorite sports were. Far and away, of course, the NFL came in number one. After all you've heard about how uncool and unpopular and unliked and undiscussed baseball is, it still remains number two in this, you know, unscientific poll. The NBA not far behind, but not leaping over baseball. And the poll was conducted in the middle of the winter when all the sports but baseball were active. So, kind of some interesting stuff to get into. Bill Shaken wrote a very interesting article. We'll get into that. We got an awful lot for you this afternoon, and it's a Friday, so, you know, smoke them if you got them kids Damon and Ratto here on 957 the game it's good to have you around today we are streaming on YouTube go to youtube.com right now you can watch
3: us live you will see spectacular um uh, you no know, no you'll know. see you'll see two carbon-based life forms racing slowly toward death here on 957 the game
1: Um, B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Check out the secret sauce of the game after every Warriors
2: game. The secret sauce of the game brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, baked. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in nine Bay Area locations.
3: In order for small businesses to thrive, they need to be smart, efficient, agile, staying ahead of the market at every turn, and finding ways to do more with less. That's never been more important than it is right now. So for a limited time, Comcast Business is introducing small business savings, a deal for companies across the country. When you call in now, you can get powerful internet for just $39 a month for 12 months. $39 a month with no annual contract and a money-backed guarantee all on the largest fastest reliable network for small businesses with the company that powers more businesses than anyone else so if you're a small business owner don't wait call and get started today comcast business powering possibilities
2: Offer ends three twenty one twenty three. Restrictions apply. New Comcast Business fifty megabits per second internet customers only requires eco and auto pay. Equipment, taxes, and fees extra and subject to change. Call or go online for details. After promo, regular rates apply. Did you know that most people wait six or seven years before they buy a new TV? That's a lot of time in front of one TV. So why not get one of the best sets for the next seven years, like one of the top rated Samsung, LG, or Sony models? Too expensive. What if you could get up to $1,000 trade-in for your old set? Who would do a stupid deal like this? Right now, at video only, you can get big bucks for your old set as a trade-in and a hot price on the new models. Don't be sorry. Check out video only. Three people you should be 100% certain about. Your barber, your plumber, and your tax pro. Switch to Jackson Hewitt and you can be 100% certain about your taxes. We'll get you your maximum refund guaranteed and we'll back your return for life. Don't be kind of certain or almost certain. Be 100% certain. Switch to Jackson Hewitt today, and get 50% off tax prep. Limited time offer for new clients filing at participating locations. Max value $200. Visit jacksonhewitt.com slash 50 for terms.
0: I'm Bob Burke, founder and chairman of Burke America Parts Group, a family of brands that includes repairclinic.com, an appliance and HVAC parts solution company that's grown into an international brand. Before americaneagle.com, we partially launched a new technology platform developed by another firm. American Eagle helped take our technology to a whole new level with digital marketing, software development, and business insights into our key markets, appliances, HVAC, and outdoor power equipment, and did so both on time and on budget.
1: Call AmericanEagle.com at 773-NETWORK. That's AmericanEagle.com 773-NETWORK.
2: Using your phone should never
0: have to be a luxury. Walmart Family Mobile now offers free or discounted plans through the Affordable Connectivity Program. ACP is a government program that helps eligible Americans have access to wireless service. You could get unlimited talk, text, and 8 GB of high-speed data for free when you qualify. Apply now at MyFamilyMobile.com slash ACP. Walmart Family Mobile is supported by the Affordable Connectivity Program and Lifeline government assistance programs, please visit
3: myfamilymobile.com slash ACP for more information.
0: Back to Damon and Ratto on 95-7 the game. And DiVincenzo hustles to the rebound. Over to Poole. Right side three. No good. Rebound in the corner. Poole will save it to Kaminga. To DiVincenzo. Back to Kaminga. Over to Poole who relocates and hits a three. Ridiculous. 87-69. It might be the play of the year. It might be the play of the year for the Golden State Warriors. It's one of the highlights of the year for maybe the entire NBA. You have E40 basically picking Jordan Poole up off of his lap, throwing him back out on the court. Go back out there. The ball finds him again. He hits the three. You got Steph giving the Google eyes. Very excited. Right in front of the bench. Look good, feel good, play good, Ray. There's something to it. And the Warriors are starting to look good. They're starting to feel good. And they're starting to play good. The defense is clearly something that they're interested in. And, you know, the coach, I think, has made things interesting. Instead of, you know, I I, I guarantee you, it's a lot easier to talk about basketball than it is to go
3: out and play it don't we prove that almost on a daily basis oh no no every time we speak we weaken the nation no doubt about it
0: it is so much easier to talk about sports than it is to go play sports and that applies for the coaches as well you know i am sure that steve kerr knows enough about this game where he gives this team a pretty spot-on please execute through the scouting report playbook of defensive ideas that just for whatever reason just have not been executed by this team since the all-star break started or you know since pre-all-star break it just whatever steve was sending was not being received the message is now being received and it's being
3: implemented it might not be that the message wasn't received it might not be it might be that there weren't enough people who could acknowledge it I think this might have been a mediocre defensive team because let's start. Well, first of all, you take Green off because he's always excellent defensively. You take Looney off because he is more than a plus defensively. Does the job. Wiggins has not been as effective. Thompson certainly hasn't because he's still he's still been recovering from those two catastrophic injuries. And then where's your next where's your next elite defender? I mean, they used to have five or six guys they could rely on to help get stops. They don't really have that anymore. So I don't know that it was necessarily them not listening. I think it's they couldn't perform. But they're even
0: more shorthanded now than before. You know, I mean, without Curry, without Wiggins, the fact that they've just put together four of their best defensive halves of the entire year means something different is taking hold of this team. And it's happening at halftime. And I don't know if that is Steve... You know, basically scrapping a game plan that wasn't working to go to something that was working or putting in these boutique defenses that are tailor made for that night's opponent. So everybody is a little bit more interested and a little bit more bought into the concept of tonight because we all need to do our jobs for this wrinkle to work. And when the wrinkle does work. It can look good, feel good, play good. It just it, it creates further investment, further buy-in. There's also the time of the year where it's you know if you're going to man
3: up, now would be the time to do it. And one other thing, not to interrupt, but they've all happened at home. And the that's test like, will be when they're the guys who get introduced first. That'll be when we'll find out if they are indeed the defensive team they were a year ago, or if they just still like playing at home and don't like playing on the road. So you agree with me then that who you are at home is who you hope to be, but who you are on the road is Oh who yeah, you oh really no question. Are. I mean, but you know, this is a team that more than handled its business on the road for most of the last decade. It sure did. This year they are an abysmal team and the people who follow the NBA assiduously will tell you that being seven and twenty-three and having championship aspirations are almost mutually exclusive propositions, and that's what that's what the, that's what the Warriors are right now. They believe they are good enough to make a deep enough run so that they might be one of the last four, maybe one of the last two, but they've shown no indication when they're away from home that they are anything but a ta- but a team that's near tanking. That's the that's the amazing dichotomy of all of this, is that 20, 20 games ago it was a word, it was a weird stat. Now it's it's how they're being defined. People are looking at it going, well, why can't you ever win? I mean, they're they're not winning. You know, they're they're barely winning twenty percent of their games away from home. That's preposterous for a team with aspirations. No, it, it it does not make sense. They have been...
0: This is why... By the way, there is no more... Rep, you know how it says... When the Warriors were truly at their very best, you could look at Steph Curry and you could take... You could just take Steph and say, he is the embodiment of Warriors basketball. He stands for everything this team does at an excellent level of execution... This year's team, you know who embodies them more than anyone else? It is Jordan Poole. Because Jordan Poole is the most, that that minute of spectacular basketball that I just watched was unbelievable. That minute of out-of-control, undisciplined basketball that I just watched was maddening. Oh, there's another maddening minute, oh, followed by an unbelievable minute followed by another unbelievable shot, followed by three ridiculous turnovers on three straight possessions, followed by a fourth quarter that makes you say, thank God that guy's on our team. Like, it is... Jordan Poole is a little bit of a schizophrenic player. He is either putting it on or taking it off the table... He's spectacular last night while also being frustrating at times. But he went to the line, God bless him, 12 times. He had 11 of his free throws, and he had 34 points on 20 shots last night. It was a good night for Jordan Poole. It really was. But he is the embodiment of Warriors basketball. He is either really locked in and playing something else, like hair on fire, great basketball, or it's a little
3: bit of a you-can't-win-like-this declaration. No, he Okay, this is not a precise comp and i am not trying to compare him to this player but he is young jason kidd in that he thrives in chaos if he doesn't you know join something that's chaotic he makes things chaotic it took it took jason kidd about three years to figure out that you don't get to determine how fast everybody else on the floor plays Sometimes you've just got to merge onto the highway and go the speed limit with everybody else. And when he does that, he's very good. He doesn't do it enough yet. And sometimes when he's not good at it, he's spectacularly bad at it. How do you teach a fast player to slow down? We've asked Steve. I mean, we've asked Steve that direct question. It's a hard ask. It's a tough thing to do. And trust me, when I tell you without knowing this as an absolute fact by seeing it that's the conversation that they have had endless numbers of times and it isn't easy to make a fast player slow down and it's really not easy to make an undisciplined player disciplined because discipline eventually has to become second nature and most guys don't ever get it So it's not like Jordan Poole is somehow a massive failure or he's an extreme example of a guy who doesn't get it. He's getting it more than he used to, but he's not getting it often enough. It's the classic John Wooden, be quick, but don't hurry. He's hurried. Well, He's hurried and he tends to get locked into what he's doing. And this is not a team where that works. I mean, Stephen Curry... It would be a fine percentage play if he shot every time down the floor. But he doesn't. He almost never takes 30 shots. And when he does take 30 shots, it's because he's making 22 of them. He's a guy who learned very early on that it wasn't about him, it was about them. And I think that's something that Jordan Poole is still figuring out. you know and, what I I think think is, and, they, and it happens in fits and starts. What
0: I think has slowed that development or maybe the developmental track is because he's being caught a little bit in between two different asks. You know when you' when I'm starting and when I'm playing with the starting five, that's a different ask than it is when you're the sixth man coming off the bench and now Steph and Clay are out of the game and you are the bus driver. So that's when you want Jordan Poole to be the guy who is maybe a little bit more selfish with his usage rate because there isn't another real pure scorer on the floor. And that is the, I don't know, identity crisis is the wrong way to describe it, but the, the, uh,
3: the Jekyll and Hyde nature of, of Jordan Poole. But the problem with that is that when you want him to be that guy because the other scores are off the floor, it encourages standing around because they're all waiting for him to figure out what he's going to do with the ball. And his next great advancement as a player is going to be how to involve everybody else and make the offense run. Not make the offense run around him, make the offense run. Because He can give up the ball and he's just got to be secure enough to know that it's eventually going to come back to him because the task is not to get the first good shot. You see the task is to get the best shot out of the possession in the shot clock. And, you know, it doesn't mean grinding the clock down to five. It means moving the ball so that the 24 footer that you're looking at now can maybe become a 21 footer from the corner. Or it becomes a dunk. Or it becomes something other than you dribbling until, okay, time for me to shoot. By the way, the Warriors have the
0: exact same availability roster-wise tonight as they had last night. Anthony Slater saying Klay Thompson is a go. Still no Steph Curry, obviously. Still no Andrew Wiggins. So what you saw last night is the team that you will see tonight. 888-957-9570. This is John in San Francisco. What's going on, John?
2: John, gentlemen, thank you for the conversation. It's fascinating. The last couple of games we're all trying to figure out what happened and, and listening to you guys a moment ago, the defense came back and I, I always thought defense, as everyone knows, is effort. The the season started with that situation with Draymond and Poole and I think that funk floated over the defense The whole year, home or away, they just scored more at home, but they had no defense on the road. I want to propose to you guys an idea. I want to hear what you guys think about this. Steph being out, Andrew Wiggins being gone, and the team collectively being worried about Andrew, concerned about him. What if all that situation ended up being a psychological reset to a head problem, not a coaching problem, not a talent problem, not a home or road problem. Maybe this situation reset their relationship. I wanna hear what you guys say about that and thanks for uh, sharing the conversation.
0: John, thank, thanks for the phone call and thank you for listening. I hadn't thought of it that way. I hadn't thought of, you know, uh, um, you know n- nothing does put the world back into perspective like a real-world problem. I'm not talking about NBA problems or basketball problems or tonight's opponents' problems, but a real problem, personal problem, a family problem. Maybe it does reset the room. I, I, I don't know. I don't even want to really... You know, I don't want to speculate on what the team's mental state is, but I do think there is, as much as you could have, a blessing in disguise going on here because... Curry and Wiggins are so part and parcel of this team's success, for them to find a degree of consistent success without either one of those guys in their lineup is just a a better harbinger of things to come for everyone, you would hope. And and I hope that that's the way it's washing over the team. I don't know if if it's a massive mental reset because they've all... You know, found real world religion based on Andrew Wiggins' personal problems that have him away from the team. I don't know. I don't even know how much the players know about what's going on with Andrew Wiggins' absence.
3: They almost certainly know something, something sure, about it. Sure. But I also think that's too facile an answer. I think sometimes it's, it's not as satisfying, but sometimes it's just better to look at the simple solutions. Simple solution A is they're playing at home. Simple solution B is they've played two teams that are terrible and and one team that suddenly changed its, uh, changed its makeup and hasn't figured out who it is yet. And the other team is a team that's never gotten going so that they are hitting teams at the right time. Because it's not just, you know, well, what's your record against their record? It's how are they doing now when you're playing them? Um, you know, the Clippers. 0 three. They have no idea who they are right now. New Orleans doesn't have Zion, and they've been they they've been playing 250 basketball for like a quarter of the season now. Uh, Portland is Damian Lillard and nothing else, and Houston is god awful. That might be it, right? And it took Let, what 12 threes out of Clay to beat a god awful Houston team, right? Well, you know, I mean, that's how that you know they they won by 15 at home, and you know they. They did fine enough, and maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's not something cosmic or ethereal. Maybe it's they're hitting either bad teams or teams that it's good to hit right now. And like I said, that's why I think the road games that are coming up, the eight and 10 that are waiting for them, that's what's going to define who they are, what they are, and if they are, in fact, ready to make the leap they've been threatening to make for three quarters of the season now. I think all of that's fair. I think
0: all of that's in play. And defense. A little bit of defense goes a long way in this league. It truly does. You do not have to play four quarters of throw-it-down-oh-my-God defense to be the better defensive basketball team in an NBA game. You put together 10 consecutive nasty defensive possessions you can look like the better team. And that's what the Warriors have figured out here. It, 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 a little bit of defense goes a really, really long way for this team. And when they take a little bit of defense and stretch that over the course of a quarter, a half, the Clippers were held to 35 second half points last night. I think in the game before that, it was in the 40s. The game before that, it wasn't too far out of the 40s. The game before that, it was in the 50s. You know, I mean, they have really battened down hatches. I don't know what is happening at halftime. I don't think it would even be accurate to say that Steve is coming up with fire and brimstone speeches or anything like that. There is nothing dramatic happening here. The team is finally picking up, I think, the game plan that the coaching staff is putting down. And the fact that they're doing that without two of their best players of their starting five makes this gravy. Because you wouldn't think the Warriors would be playing some of their best stretch of basketball the entire year, missing two of their starting five. But here they are. And when they are playing with that scored against them, I think looking at the quality of opponent means a little bit less to me. Because the Warriors are you know rendered a
3: lesser-than-opponent with the absence of Curry and Wiggins. But the teams they're playing are easy to defend right now. So that's the other part of this. It's th- th- And this is not to say that they don't get credit for four really superb defensive efforts, because they do. They do. But you have to keep it in any number of contexts. And one of those contexts is, well, who are you doing it against? You know, I mean play better teams, let's see if you can hold a team under 110. If you can do that, then you fix the problem. But what they get credit for right now is they faced four beatable teams and they beat them. And, you know, until they sort of establish who they want to be, this is still who they are. They're three games over 500. In a conference where three games over 500 puts you in fifth, I mean, it means that all of a sudden, you're, you know, you don't have to worry about the play-in game.
0: Warriors win tonight. Suns lose their next game. They're in a dead heat for fourth. I mean, that's 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 where a three- or four-game winning streak changes things so dramatically here. And the Warriors, for the very first time this season, are looking to climb four games over five hundred, which makes tonight's could maybe have been labeled a trap game. Be removed from any trap game consideration. It's a back to back. You know, you're going to need all hands on deck to beat a very good Brandon Ingram and a bad Pelicans team around him. Handle your business at home. Get four games over 500. We freaking dare you. It would be a really nice way to step into the weekend. And then what do you know? The game in Los Angeles is going to happen with Steph Curry, without LeBron James. I even heard that D'Angelo Russell's questionable for Sunday. So, you could be catching a Lakers team at the right time to catch that Lakers team, and um, the Warriors are officially going to offer no apologies, no quarter for who they get to play right now because yeah. a, a monster of a schedule is coming up.
3: No, the the context about who you're playing, as much as I rattled on about it, becomes irrelevant now. It's just, this is what the schedule tells you to do. So, you, you either do it or you don't.
0: Well, I remember yesterday. I said, "Just win, win at all costs. Doesn't matter what you do." You said, "No,
3: matters defensively." The Warriors got both. Well, the- if they get, if they do the, if they do what they're supposed to defensively, the other happens. It's just, but what they what I why I said performing defensively matters is because at some point they have to define who they are, and in a year in which very few teams are really elite defensively, that's the way. If you're zigging when everybody else is zagging and you're going the way that successful teams do in the playoffs, which is defend like hell, that's a way better way to do this. Because if they defend, they win, which takes care of itself. But if you defend in the playoffs, you win a lot dauber up on the Golden
0: State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr.
2: It does feel like this is our best stretch because of what we're doing defensively. It's significant in that you know, we've held our our serve here uh, so far at home. Another big one tomorrow, you know, hopefully Steph coming back soon. So I think, you know, things are looking looking up.
0: Things are looking up for the Warriors and again, if you're looking For the Warriors to look more like the Warriors of old, having monstrous third quarters is part and parcel of their DNA. It's part of who they are. It is part of this entire dynasty's identity. And, I mean, do you remember... Let me ask you, do you remember... When Steph Curry would go ahead and not even have to play fourth quarters, I mean, like you, 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 you probably remember that, right? I mean, I, I do.
2: Oh, I remember. Ooh, maybe. Oh, maybe.
0: Yeah, those good memories where the Warriors would be so far out in front with twelve minutes left to play, everybody else gets the rest of the night off. Not quite there, but it's starting around the corner. Starting around the corner, team's feeling good, looking good look good, feel good, play good. Hopefully that formula is in place tonight because you play good. You're four games over 500 for the first time and you're enjoying your best winning percentage of the entire season right about the time where, you know, if you're going to be a team in the playoffs that needs to be considered, you're going to start showing the rest of the league that they need to think of you right now. And I guarantee you the league is thinking more about the Golden State Warriors this week than just last week.
3: Oh, no. Well, anytime anybody's winning four in a row in this conference yeah right you know, i mean that, that's it's like a nine game winning streak right now yeah i mean that and that's incredible i mean just i don't know how else to put it it's just there are 10 teams that are exactly the same well, so if you want to put your head above the rest of the whack-a-mole table win some games in a row but the one team that is
0: not the same and has regressed since their big move at the trade deadline, or I guess the Westbrook edition was more of a buyout than a trade deadline move, Ray. Right? So let's
3: get that right. We like to correct in real time here. But the deadline emanates either side. They changed their rosters, what happened. Are you giving me Grace? No, no, no. I mean they just the trade deadline starts really about ten days before the trade deadline. Right. And extends about ten days after because you're still able to change things about your roster. The Clippers are fascinating right
0: now for all the reasons you don't want to be fascinating. But there's a morbid fascination. And that is probably the best way to describe the NBA's media's interest in Russell Westbrook. It's, it's like a morbid fascination at this point. And we will have a little morbid fascination about the Clippers. And here, dare I say, even an element of empathy from Draymond Green as he talked about the game plan that they used against him last night, which is one of the more embarrassing, devastating game plans I've ever seen executed against a player on an NBA court. So that's what's coming up here on 95.7 The Game. Don't you go anywhere. It's Damon and Rattle. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. It's Damon and rattle
2: on 95.7 The Game.
0: Warriors Live is going to start tonight at 6 o'clock. Our friend, your friend, John Dickinson. Live from Chase Center. He's going to get you ready. Uh, uh, Warriors Live brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. You got the New Orleans Pelicans in town tonight trying to wrap up this back-to-back in the five-game homestand. Five and O. Oh. You know, a 5-0 and homestand feels like a great place to execute a three-point turnaround of your season. Don't you like nailing a really good three-point turnaround in a car? Like, you just know it. Like, you executed that thing, like, by the book. You just...
3: You, just there's some days where you just nail it. That's why parking in the garage is such good training, because you can't do any of that. No. It, but if you can manage one in there, which is basically hell with cars... You can do it in the open world. It's like, like the Mario Andretti of parking. <laughs> you oh, it, no, it's <laughs> it, it's actually no, I, I I don't know what it is, it, but it, no, it's it's hell with cars it because is. what it is, it's a garage that has more pillars than spaces. It's like it's like the person who built the parking garage in this
0: bill building. Also owns an auto body shop. <laughs> yeah, and they figured
3: this was the single best way to ensure customers forever. Oh yeah, I mean it, it's it was styled after the Kremlin. Only it has less charm.
0: So uh, it, it, there's there's nothing like executing a really good three point turn though when you're behind the wheel and it feels like the Warriors are starting to turn things around a little bit and that's good. It's good for them. It is. Um, it, it feels like it's starting to get pointed in the right direction.
3: Where it, it ends up, who the hell knows. Yeah, no, this is... Good couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. it's a hint of what they're capable of when conditions are ideal. And but, these are hardly ideal conditions. Well, the schedule has been pretty close to ideal of late. Sure, but when you don't have Stafford or Wiggins, it ain't ideal. No, but that that's more... I mean, Wiggins has not been what he was a year ago. And Curry is still more offense than defense. But it has to be said that they still have not had a lot of trouble scoring, even though he's been out. The difference, at least in these last four games, is defensively. Overall, they're only 13 and 12. And sure, you would imagine that because we imagine that everything hinges on Curry, that in those 25 games, they'd be like 8 and 17. But... I think this proves yet again that the Warriors, at their best, are more of an ensemble than a team dependent on one guy. Always have been. Yeah, and that's the lesson here, is that when when a team like this starts to trust each other more equally than they have, you'll get better results, particularly on the defensive end. Well, and I'm glad
0: that you brought that up, because... You know, the year began with what felt like a fractured relationship from Draymond and Jordan Poole's preseason mano a mano, Um, and it felt like Draymond like took a step back in stature in what he meant in that room. And the Warriors can never be the Golden State Warriors without Draymond Green having like a fire-breathing dragon type of presence. And he's getting that back right now. And he's starting to, I think, find himself and his voice again. And there is no coincidence that Draymond is thrilled with the way things are going. And things are starting to go well all at the same time. As a matter of fact, last night, he... He had one of his more interesting post-game press conferences of the entire year, I thought. And I want to kind of go through a statement that Grandy has lovingly sliced up in one, two, three, four different little sound bites to us to, to, to sort of pick through. And we'll just start with Draymond's sort of opening statement about how game plans are being received by this team. And they're excited about them and they like to go out and execute them.
4: That first game out to break was tough. We didn't really guard anyone, but since then we're we're really checking. And most importantly, like I said, last game starting to see a little more game planning. And with that, you know, you want to see guys execute that game plan uh, just so you know that you're capable. You know, overall, I think guys have been doing a really good job these last few games of executing game plans, and it's been putting us in a good position to win.
0: Feels like Steve is absolutely saying, "Hey, guys, this is a serious moment in time here. You know, we we don't have any more games to throw away for any reasons." We can't. We are all out of our mulligans. So we got to play. We are going to install serious, we've considered, best way to win this game plan. And I need you guys to go out and execute it. And the team
3: has bought into that. It feels like Draymond's just telling you. That's what's happening. Yeah, I I take a little issue with what he said because I think they've, they've had defensive game plans the entire year. And sure they have, but they haven't had urgency behind them. Well, but the urgency comes from players. I, I it, it almost right. sounded like he was saying the coaches are doing something different than they were doing before. And I'm not sure that's true. I think they've been giving them their best game plans, game in and game out. But the players are embracing them now because the urgency is, they now feel the urgency themselves. Right. Well, like I was saying last segment,
0: it's a lot easier to talk about basketball than it is to go out and execute what people are talking about. And Steve Kerr, I'm sure, has talked the right things and highlighted the right you know uh, tendencies that, you know, that that make a good game plan and he's been doing that all year long. The question is is the team picking up what he's putting down? They are now. And Steve feels that buy-in and that buy-in specifically from Draymond. So once that box and one worked so well against Dame Lillard, Steve was sliding into those DMs. Making sure Draymond knew he was happy with what he was seeing because, again, a little a little verbal reward goes an awful long way. Again, what do you give a guy who's a millionaire? Nothing. Give him a compliment. That's how you get him to buy in, and Steve's doing that.
4: Coach texted me last night and he, or yesterday. He sent me a text like, man, you were great last night. And then he, he hinted that that would be the game plan. And so I'm like, ah. Okay, like, this will be interesting. And then we went through it this morning to shoot around and try to get everybody to grasp the concept. You know, it's very easy to, um, and we did it a few times. It's very easy when a guy is sagging off like that. When a guy catches you, you just rotate to him, you know, and we didn't want to do that. And I think, you know, the game plan worked for us tonight.
0: Again, Draymond, he's invested, he's executing game plans. So I'm going to go ahead and tease tomorrow night's game plan. Draymond just said, ooh, that's interesting. So his ears go up. The entire locker room, I think, gets excited. When they know Draymond's excited about a defensive game plan, when Draymond's got a level of personal investment in it, he I, I think that becomes infectious. I really do. I think it becomes infectious on the team. And it, it just lends to further buy-in and focus for a team whose
3: focus is been legitimately questioned throughout the year. Yeah, I don't think he's... I, I, I guess where I'm, I'm missing something here is that I think he's been focused on essentially every defensive game plan because that's his bread and butter. And he's been a great defensive player all year long. He's been good. Draymond's having I think a really I, good year. Yeah, I think the buy-in is coming from guys who either couldn't grasp the concepts before... Or didn't fully understand what it meant to show that you grasped the concepts. And I'm not just thinking about Jordan Poole, who catches a lot of grief for that. But I'm thinking about most of those other guys. Because up until now, they haven't been horrible defensively night in and night out. But you couldn't trust them. I think now, and maybe it's the urgency, maybe that... Maybe it's the fact that the light bulb all went on at, at the same time. But this is a team-wide comprehension. I don't think Draymond Green ever had any problem comprehending the value of defense. No, But you can't be a good defensive team if you only have one or two guys playing proper defense. It's got to be team-wide. And it can't slip. And even, And even last night, they weren't defending greatly in the first half. It was the second half when they just shut everybody down. There were a lot of
0: open looks that were just clank city there. So, yeah, they, they did get a little lucky along the way, and you have to in an
3: NBA game. Nobody plays defense for 48 minutes in this yeah. league. Nobody. But, so, you know, as some of this is, yeah, all of a sudden the light went on, but it's still kind of intermittent, which is why I, I think the litmus test will be able to tell what color it is in two weeks. Because then they'll be away from home. What I like about Draymond is
0: Draymond's game is, I mean, I, I would say that Draymond plays a brutal game. And I mean that in a complimentary way. He is a very physical, emotional type of player. And when he gets to then add an element of skullduggery or psychological warfare, that's when I think he really gets turned on as a basketball player. And that's what they rolled out last night against Russell Westbrook. The sag off of Westbrook was one of the more devastating on court defensive choices I've seen executed. They dared a guy to shoot. And then there's that. Like, there's daring someone to do something, and then there's what we saw last night. It, it was embarrassing. And Russell Westbrook, to your credit, right? He only took five threes. He realized, like, I am whatever they're doing against me to get in my head has officially worked because. Kevin Durant begging him to stop shooting wasn't enough to get Russell Westbrook to stop shooting. But uh, I, I've always heard Ray. Uh, I, have you ever been to Japan? No, I've never been to Japan either. It's one of the places I absolutely want to go in my life. I think the, the 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 place just looks fascinating to me, like the whole city of Japan. It's like the whole thing is Times Square, you know, so I'd like to see that. And I've always been like just fascinating fascinated with Japanese culture. Do you know how they end bar fights in Japan? Do tell. The entire bar basically stops drinking, stops talking, put down their drink, and just starts staring. It's like you're shamed into into you're you're creating this scene, you wanted attention. All right, well, here's the entire bar basically looking at you now. Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Can you shut up and stop disturbing the room now? It's like, uh, um, you know, I've, I've always said, if you, want, if you really hate a show, let's say you hate Damon and Ratto. Every single time you tell us about it, we win. Every single time you're paying attention to us to let us know how much you hate us, we have won that moment, that day, that fight, that battle. The most devastating thing you can do is ignore something. And they basically ignore the disturbance by focusing on it. You know, like they, they shame you into stopping. And that to me is like, it's just, it's, it's fascinating Because you feel everybody looking on you and all eyes are on you. And that gets embarrassing. And that's what they did to Russell Westbrook. They made all eyes focus on him. There you are, alone, not a defender within 15 feet of you in any direction. Are you going to shoot an open gym practice three? No, you're not. We win. That's it. I mean, like you win when the other guy is afraid to
3: take a practice jump shot. It was very reminiscent of what they did with Tony Allen in the playoffs in 2015. Yeah. Which was basically, we know you're not a good shooter and we know you don't like to shoot. So we're not going to guard you. And it wasn't about shaming him. It was about, we want you to shoot. Please shoot more. It's a percentage play. Yeah. And to Tony Allen's credit, he didn't fall for the trap i mean it's they the the grizzlies did not lose that series because tony allen wasn't shooting enough it was just they recognized the weakness and they they operated on it Explated and that's what they did last night this wasn't about shaming russell westbrook it was okay you're a low percentage shooter we want you guys to take the low percentage play Having said all that, I think
0: there is a rare element of empathy that you're about to hear in Draymond, and he might have seen a little of that game plan in himself. Oh, by the way, welcome to your 4 o'clock hour.
3: You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. Damn well better be free.